You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Drop all gas, no break. And now... Give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host. CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. And I'm joined as always by one of my exos who we are about to bring in the right way. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the master of disaster, Jimmy the Reaper D. What's going on, man? Oh, I missed that intro, bro. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Another day we are getting ready for Jets Patriots. I know you're back to your bunker uh, over there in Idaho. So tell me what's good. What are your thoughts, man? Coming off the bye week. uh, How are you feeling right about now? I'm feeling as good as we can. At least we don't have anything negative to talk about since it was a bye week. So we've already cleared all that out. Now it's time to just look forward. Uh, to a struggling Patriots team, and hopefully, you know, uh, who was it? I think C.J. Mosley said it this last week that they figured a lot of stuff out over the bye, so that's encouraging. I think the Jets are looking for a get-right game here, and uh, I'm thinking that the Patriots are a good team to do it against. To go into their house and, and shake things up would be real nice to see. Yeah, that definitely would. I mean, look, let's face it. The Jets have not really had the best of luck against the New England Patriots up at Foxborough. As a matter of fact, I think the last win that the Jets notched up at Foxborough was that playoff win and giving us an AFC uh, championship game berth against the Pittsburgh Steelers that year. So, you know, it's uh, history has not exactly been on the New York Jets side. So, you know, the Patriots have pretty much essentially owned the Jets for the last decade plus and... You know, I mean, if you think about it, really, the last time that the Jets actually won a football game against the New England Patriots was the overtime victory in which Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a pass to to uh, uh, Eric Decker in the end zone, and that was when uh, that was Todd Bowles' first yeah. year as head coach. So that that was the last time that the Jets have defeated um, the New England Patriots in any way, shape, or form. And you know, it, every year it's always been the same thing. It's always been. You know, how badly are the Patriots going to beat us and so on. But this year, going up in Foxborough, seeing that the Jets are 1-5, and five, the Patriots are 2-4, and four, you know, the Jets could very well go into Foxborough and, and play the way that they're capable of playing. Because I really, truly believe yeah. that we haven't seen the best version of this New York Jets football team. Now, that being said... It, they would have to go and play a perfect game 
in order for them to come out of Foxborough with a victory, despite the fact that the Patriots are struggling. What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know if it has to be perfect. Mistakes definitely have to be minimized. Better decision-making needs to happen across the board on offense. And that's not just on Zach's head. That's on play calling as well. LaFleur has got to put together an actual game plan that is sustainable yep. and something that you can that you can finish off drives with. We need to have a solid red zone presence, and the defense just has, has got to do what they've been doing all year. Um, but the offense has got to help them out, man. We need, you know, like we, we can't have five drives totaling 29 yards. You know what I mean? Like that can't happen. We got to get the we got to get the defense off the field. We got to get the offense on the field. We got to establish whether it's the passing game, whether it's the running game. You got to establish one of them. Make one of them a threat, so the other opens. So that a lot of that is on the floor and that offensive coaching staff. They got to do something to. They got to have a product to put on the field. On the on the bright side, if you really want to get technical, going into week six, the Buffalo Bills were the number one team in the NFL power rankings. Now, Tennessee beat the Buffalo Bills, the number one team. We beat the Tennessee Titans. Therefore, the Jets are the number one team in the NFL, and I don't care who who has anything to say about that. Here's another question that I, that I want to ask you, because obviously you weren't with us last week with your, with your trip. Going into this bye week, what do you think was the sentiment – out of the Jets' locker room, losing a, a winnable game over in London. Zach Wilson, obviously, vi- visibly frustrated and disappointed, not only not only with um, mm-hmm. the result, but also in his play, that he felt like he could have played better. Now, during the bye week, there were reports where yeah. Zach actually went back to BYU, talked to some of his coaches, and he was working on stuff, and, and you know, to, to get himself ready. So, I mean... This kid must have a tremendous bad taste in his mouth, and he must be so angry coming into this Patriots game like, this is not going to be my New York Jets legacy. And I mean, granted, I mean, look, you're only five games into his NFL career. We know he's going to make mistakes. There's got to be a learning curve. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure that he's probably just so angry right now where he's like, you have not seen the best version of Zach Wilson yet. What do you think, in, in, in your opinion, is going through his head right about now? And what do you think he can take with him up to Foxborough to really jumpstart the full potential of this New York Jets offense? I think he's trying to get back to the roots. He's trying to get back to the one game at a time, one play at a time. I think he's talking to himself. I think he's telling himself the weapons are here. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the weapons have, have kind of messed up on their end, you know, 35% of his passes this year have been dropped, um, kind of hurting his completion percentage. But I think Wilson is telling himself that he has the weapons, he has the pieces to succeed, and he just needs to slow it down and take it as as it comes. And he needs to tell himself not to overdo it, not to try to take too much, just take what the defense gives you. And that's been my thought process all along is if the defense is going to give you five to 10 yards, take that five to 10 yards, just march down the field. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it doesn't have to be a game of Madden where you're, where you're doing, you know, a four deep route that, and you're just chucking the ball into the end zone. Every play it doesn't have to be like that. You got to nickel and dime the defense. You got to get them tired. You got to get them making mistakes and over pursuing. You got to get them out of their zone. 
And that puts pressure on the opposing offense to do something against a defense that they probably can't do. You know, the, you, you got to see that the only reason the defense starts giving up stuff is because they're on the field for so long for so much of the game that you just can't hold that long, you know? Right. So if the offense can hold onto the ball longer, get the defense riled up, put some pressure on the opposing offense, then this defense will be able to eat. And uh, I, I think it's just a snowball effect from there. So I think he's just trying to reset, you know, take the bye week, just decompress a little bit and just get back to work going into Foxborough. Yeah, I agree a little bit. One of the things that both Michael Four and Robert Sala have actually talked about was the fact that they needed to just get back to basics. They needed to figure out why the team was not starting off quickly um, and why we were having so much trouble throughout the game. Where the Jets can make adjustments and in the second half, yeah, this, uh, this offense can definitely come alive and they can put points, but... I think that one of the biggest things is is that you don't want to spend every single game digging yourself out of a hole. And this was a big issue that I had. We've talked about this so much. It's like, yes, there's issues with the offensive line. The offensive line is having difficulty being able to get the, get the run game going. But for what I'm saying is that in order for you to get the run, the, the run game going, instead of just your first three scripted plays being run, run, now we're in the third and long, obvious passing down, can't get the first down, then we need to do some creative stuff to kind of throw the defense off balance. Not only to throw the defense off balance, but to also keep them, keep them honest. So for me, I'd like to see a few misdirections. I'd like to see some bubble screens. I'd like to see, you know, maybe, maybe some, some, some short passes. Grind them up, chew them up plays, which will get you those tough yards to keep the chains moving. Our resident viewer, Scott Cleesby, has a question for you. Uh, he wants to know if you have been kicked in the head, Jimmy. A couple weeks ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was around for the drunken episode. So, Scott, if you get the opportunity, if you want oh, some, uh, <laughs> some, some good entertainment, go see the last episode of Weapons Hot After Dark. Um, that should definitely be extremely entertaining for you. Thomas Gutman in the chat actually had something here. Uh, he has a hot take. He says Elijah Moore breaks 100 yards and two touchdowns this week. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he was also at the Titans game. He said the Jets were victorious. It was ugly, but we won. Now, watching the Titans play recently with their starting wide receivers, not sure if we would have beat that squad, just being honest. Uh, yeah, there's a there, there's every reason to think that, the, that we could have lost the Titans game, and there were a lot of people that regardless – uh, how many of their starting wide receivers were out that really had the Jets losing this game. So, there we go. Uh, Thomas Gutman again. Uh, let me well, point out the- that Elijah Moore's first game back post-concussion was just a decoy. Only reason he played before the bye. Now he'll be close to healthy and probably more healthy than he than he has than he was since the beginning of the season. Kids going to impress. We hope so. Because right now, to be honest with you, the, in my opinion, the secret to the keys of this of this New York Jets offensive success, you got to unleash three players. You got to unleash Denzel Mims. You got to unleash Elijah Moore. And you got to unleash LaMichael Pirine. Everybody's complaining about, oh, we have no run game. We have no run game. You get Michael Carter, you're sending him in on a third and two, and he gets thrown around like he's a rag doll. 
The kid is not a power back. The kid is a speed back. You have a power back in Michael Piron, who's been active, who who's been inactive mm-hmm. for the past five weeks. Although they're citing that he has a foot injury, but his foot injury he suffered in preseason. So, what are your thoughts, Jimmy? I want to see more of Pirine. Um, as far as the comment regarding uh, Julio Jones and AJ Brown, yeah, I mean, obviously those two being on the field is is a big thing. Um, but going into that Titans game. Uh, both Julio Jones and AJ Brown had combined for, I, I think it was 296 yards and one touchdown. Statistically, they have not been what the Titans wanted them to be anyway. I wasn't too worried about that moving forward. But as far as that, I mean, obviously the run game isn't working the way it's being scripted right now. So why not put P. Ryan in and let him take a take some A-gap runs and see what we can get? You know what I mean? One and four, there's... There's no reason not to try. Exactly, because you want to know what players are going to be here and what players can and can't and can contribute. All right, so before we go into our three keys mm-hmm. of victory, just want to give a shout-out to Miss Alec, who is spearheading a tailgate from the uh, Houston Jet Fans event. She is spearheading the, teal, uh, the tailgate for the New York Jets versus the Houston Texans down in Houston. Right below you on the banner, right over here, this is the website in which you can go to get all of the information, all right? The tailgate will be in the blue lot. She is going to have a bunch of stuff there. We're talking ribs and chicken, a Jets cocktail, cash bar, etc. It is going to be a blast. So, go on to the website that you see right on your screen right there, www.houstonjetfans.com forward slash event dash details. And, of course, you will be able to get all the information for that tailgate. And should you have any questions, you can also reach out to Miss Alexis Gepner on Facebook. She heads up the Houston Jet fans uh, tailgating club down there. She'll be able to answer whatever questions that you may have. So, if you're in Houston or you're thinking about a road game this year that you want to go see the Jets play... This is one I would highly recommend. It's going to be a kick-ass crew with a great person, Miss Alexis Gepner, who is a friend of the broadcast here on Weapons Hot. So go out. Let's make it happen. All right? Show your green and white. Let's turn Houston green and white, baby. Show those Texans how they, uh, how, how we like to party. All right. So now we're going to go on to our three keys to a victory here tonight. For the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots up in Foxborough. Jets coming off the bye. Patriots coming off a loss against the Dallas Cowboys. Jimmy, I'm going to pass the, the baton over to you, my friend. So, give me your three keys to victory. My first key is the offensive game plan has got to show up. It's got to show up from the start. We can't keep relying on halftime adjustments and trying to catch up. We need to get Zach out in front. We need to get him out into the lead of these games, let him get comfortable so that he can start to expand and he can off playbook a little bit and it not be such a, a dire circumstance. So the playbook is the number one. LaFleur's got to get something going and he's got to get something consistent going. Um, my second key to victory is the defense is going to have to do a little bit different than what we're used to. We're going to need, and, and this is the hard part, with C.J. Mosley not playing, uh, the linebackers are really going to have to show up because 
the reason Mac Jones looks so good is because he's doing everything that I'm saying we need to do for Zach Wilson is he is taking those five and 10 yard plays and he is living there and it's working. And that's what we got to stop. So the linebackers are going to have to be a very proactive. They're going to aggressive. The D line is going to have to get pressure. So the defense is going to have to be a little more aggressive than, than what we've normally seen. My third key is going to be Amendola because I think this could be a close game and it could come down to Amendola's leg. Uh, he got us that Titans win, but we might need him to get us another one. So Amendola's got to be on and he's got to be on all game. So I'm thinking a 27-24 Jets win in Foxborough. Does it go to overtime? What do you no think? overtime this time. No overtime? Got to finish. That's what the offense needs to do. They got to get out in front and they got to stay there. Okay. No overtime. Well, you actually echoed one of my three keys to a Jets victory, so I'm actually going to do mine in a different in a different order. Number 3. The Jets have to seize opportunities to put points on the board. Which means special teams, you refer to Matt Amendola, they need to take advantage of of the spots if they're having difficulty getting into the end zone. You every drive that the offense touches the ball mm-hmm. needs to culminate in points. There cannot be three and outs. Three and outs can be unacceptable. They have to be unacceptable, especially against the New England Patriots. I don't care how bad this team is. I don't care how bad they're struggling. This team will find a way to beat you because it's just Bill Belichick's nature. So we need to figure it out, and we need to figure it out quick. Yeah. That's number three. Number two, this team needs to start off offensively quick, fast, and in a hurry. Okay. Again, echoing off of your sentiment, those five yard and ten yard outs, okay, those those uh, six yard, seven yard dump offs, even Zach Wilson running the ball. Okay, show me some creativity on offense where we're not run run pass out, run run pass out, run run pass out. Okay? We cannot right. start off the game flat. If we start off the game flat and we get behind, we will not be able to dig ourselves out of this hole. We just can't. Okay? Now look. We saw the Patriots go toe-to-toe with the number one offense in the league last year. Uh, uh, not last year, this year, with the Dallas Cowboys, right? Statistically, anyway, okay? Mm-hmm. And they still had opportunities to, co- to, to, to come back and to win that game. So, here's the deal. The Jets need to get out whatever scripted plays, even if you need to ad-lib or if you need to draw stuff in the sand, whatever plays that you need to. We already know that Zach Wilson can hit the three, but can he hit the layups? And for me, I think that the best way for the New York Jets to really yeah. exploit this this New England Patriots defense is to have to make them play zone. Exploit them in the middle and keep pushing. Get those five and six yards. Keep the chains moving. Do you know how you beat the Patriots? You keep Mac Jones on the sideline. You make that defense so friggin' tired that in the fourth quarter, when they need to make a stop, they can't make that stop. Because then you go for the kill shot. I've been saying this all offseason. This team needs to learn about killer instinct. If you really want to go and make noise, if you really want people to stand up and say, holy cow, what are they doing over there in Florham Park? This is the game you need to get to start making noise. Forget about the win-loss record. Okay? Forget about the repercussions after this game. 
go to Foxborough mm -hmm. and turn this into a street fight. You turn it into a street fight, and I guarantee you, you will come out victorious because the Patriots cannot win a street fight with these players. They just can't. Now, I'm not saying that the players aren't no, tough they're enough. Very, very scripted. Bel Belichick's always been right. When you when when you make them go off script and you make them do things that they're not comfortable, you put them in positions and packages where they're not comfortable. Where Josh McDaniels now has to alter how he does things, and, and, and uh, Matt Patricia now has to alter how he does things, and Belichick has to alter the way that he that, that he does calls. They don't like that. They don't like resistance. Yeah. Okay? And I keep telling everybody, I've been saying it all offseason, I don't care how much money the Patriots have spent. This team does not scare me. And Scott Cleesby, I know you're in the comments over there, and I know you're going to start with your crap about the green and white Kool-Aid, and you can shove that up your ass. This team needs this game. They need this game for their heart. They need this game for their soul. They need this game for their mantra, their psyche, everything. This is the game you go into New England and you choke slam those bastards. And you say, guess what? The New York Jets are back! That's what you do! 100%. Stop with this being afraid of everybody. Now, number one key to victory. And New York Jets defense, I'm looking at you. Jeff Ulbrich, I'm looking at you. Stop having my defense on the field for 80% of the game! Get a goddamn stop! Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. Stop showing these receivers respect. You punch Hunter Henry in the mouth. You sacked this kid three times for 27 yards in the last game. Make it six for 50 this time. Stop being afraid of this football team. That's how you beat the New England Patriots. And those are my three keys to victory, ladies it. and gentlemen. <laughs> now, as we uh, we finish off, you like how I segued into that, huh? <laughs> All right, so now. That was, yeah, that was wonderful. Jimmy, let's get your front office segment, my man. Who do we got in the front office this week? So in the front office, we have Marcus May again, but there's a little bit of a twist on this, CJ. Some new information has come out. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell us all about it. Apparently, friend. Marcus May approached Joe Douglas and the coaching staff and requested an extension. He requested to be, he wants to be a New York Jet. He said, Apparently, the quote is, I'm 100% in. Now, this, I don't even bother to learn his agent's name because his agent is, um, he's a joke, joke. Um, <clears throat> so, conflicting reports said that Marcus May wanted to trade. May apparently told the staff and Joe Douglas that he had no control over that tweet, that he is not about that, and that he wants to be a New York Jet. Now, I would love for Marcus May to be a New York Jet for the remainder of his career. I could see a three-year extension. If Marcus May is is being real, that he had no control over that trade tweet, then I want to see a report that Marcus May has signed with somebody else. And the reason I want to see that is because whether he's contracted with his agent or not, there has to be clauses. Any contract between a player and an agent will have a clause in form of the agent still has to do what's in the best interest for his player or still has to do what his player wants. So if May says, I want an extension, get me an extension, then the agent is supposed to work towards that. Now, if this agent 
decided that the best way to approach something like that would be to cause friction within the organization, that's a detriment to Marcus May, and he should be able to release his agent and uh, and seek new representation. So while I want Marcus May to be re-signed, um, I've had contract figures on May before, uh, obviously, you know, approaching 29 years old. Some of those figures have changed at this point. But Marcus May... Show me that you're serious. If you want to be a Jet, get this cancerous agent out of your life. And I will 100% back that. If I see that tweet, Marcus May has has signed with new representation, then I would 100% believe Marcus May and his approach with Joe Douglas and the coaching staff think, saying he wants to be a Jet. So it's kind of a short and sweet front office for, for me this week. But I, I'm definitely wanting to know what you think, CJ. Like I said, I, I think that that agent has caused friction in this organization and other organizations of other players that he represents. I, I think that this needs to be addressed. And I think Marcus May is in a great spot to address this by by kicking him to the curb. Yeah, I completely agree with you because you know what? I mean, this is this is what the Jets, in my opinion, need to do. And this is what Marcus May needs to do, in my opinion, is kick his agent to the curb. I've been saying kick his agent to the curb all offseason because I felt like his agent was the reason why well, Marcus May had not gotten a contract. Because of the fact that they decided that they wanted to hit the Jets. Yeah. They, they wanted to hit him with the um, <clears throat> the franchise tag. The agent immediately went on to Twitter and started bad-mouthing the Jets. Uh, immediately started going scorched mm-hmm. earth. How are you going to treat the best player on your team? You just gave him a bet, um, best sportsmanship award and this, that, and a third. And now you're going to do him like this and blah, blah, blah. That should, for me, if I was Marcus May and I knew that Contract negotiations are coming up, and I understand that this is like my my living, and this is probably maybe my my one and only chance to get paid to get to that second contract. Then yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. his, his ass would have been fired from 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 the jump with that, because we talked about this not too long ago, right? Where we brought up. The reason why Marcus mm-hmm. May doesn't have a contract is because Joe Douglas is sick and tired of New York Jets' old culture. And you know what New York Jets' old culture is? We reward mediocrity with big contracts. See Trumaine Johnson. See Muhammad Wilkerson. Okay? Just two examples of people that we brought in. Oh, see, see Darrell Revis 2.0. Okay? Yeah, we saw, that was bad. We, 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 we saw people come in here pay them big money contracts, and they have come in here and underperformed. And Joe Douglas is not going to tolerate that. Joe Douglas wants players that are going to play up to their potential to that contract and beyond that contract. If you want to get paid, you're going to earn it. The reason why John Franklin Myers got paid is because he earned it. Okay? Joe Douglas is more than welcome, is more than ready to whip out the checkbook and sign whoever it is who he wants to to a long-term deal Provided you are going to come to this franchise and you are going to perform. This is the reason why when people talk about, oh, well, Joe Douglas is cheap and Joe Douglas doesn't like to sign players. We could have went out and we could have got Joe Thune. We could have went out and we could have gotten Mitch Morse. Or we could have went out and we could have gotten uh, um, uh, Conklin. Okay? Mitch Morse didn't want to play here. 
So they didn't even bother accepting Joe Douglas. Conklin, Lindsley. Conklin already had his mind made up where he was going. So that shouldn't have even been, been an issue. He didn't even take the Jets' calls. Yeah. I think Lindley did take a call from the Jets and did consider it, but got a better offer. Not by much, but a better offer in which he took and did not even notify the Jets what, what, what people were asking. Okay? So... The talk that Joe Douglas is cheap is, is, in my opinion, it's lazy analysis, number one. And it's a cheap shot at the organization because in the past, they have been notoriously cheap. Well, here's the problem, Jimmy. In the past, we've also thrown big money on players. And big money on players doesn't necessarily work. Muhammad Wilkerson got a contract. What did he do? He shut it down. Right. Darrell Revis got a contract. What did he do? He shut it down. Tremaine Johnson got a contract. What did he do? Shut it down. That's we spent $72.5 million for five interceptions, and just here, so you're aware. Here's the thing. Marcus May, if he, if he legit wants to stay a Jet for life, then when you come off of injured reserve and you're back ready to play, you bust your ass the entire season. Because I guarantee you, at the end of the year, Joe Douglas is mm-hmm. going to look at that body of work, <clears throat> and he's going to know that you are 100% all in in green and white, and he'll be rewarded. He may not get Jamal Adams' money, but I certainly think that a three-year, $35 million deal is not off the, not off the, not out of the realm of possibility or not off the table, or four years, $40 million. I wouldn't mind a contract like that. I- I, I think you have to build the team the right way, and the fact of the matter is, is signing a, a safety to an extension before you have your edge rushers or before you have your linebackers or before you have your tackles, you know what I mean? Like, there's a process. And not saying that Marcus May, I was the advocate that was saying he should be the highest paid safety in the NFL because of he is a solid player and he is a solid leader. But the t- at the time I was saying that it was okay because we had everybody on rookie deals. Now we got, we had to sign John Franklin Myers. Now we have, you know, other players and stuff that are going to be coming up soon. My point is, is I think people misunderstand that you still have to sign those extensions from the inside out. You're still building from the trenches out. Safety is just not a premier position. What were your thoughts on uh, Kerry Rhodes actually make uh, making some noise on Twitter talking about uh, him being the best safety that the that the New York Jets have ever have ever had? And Kerry Rhodes, believe it or not, is he's I, he's an icon in, in in green and white. And for him to actually take the social media and to sound off on this says a lot because he really doesn't say a lot. At first, when I saw it, I was like, who are you? (laughs) I'm not big on former players like jumping back into the fray on talks that they're really not a part of. Who's that guy? Uh, Former quarterback talking crap about Zach Wilson, but he was like a a short-lived career backup, never did anything. Anyway, he went on Twitter and was blasting Zach Wilson, and I don't know who who the hell that guy was. But it's kind of the same thing. Like, you had your time. You know, why are you jumping back in? There's no reason to try to jump in and be relevant again. Just let the game be the game. Let the contracts be the contracts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of, a lot of former players have been very outspoken about certain things. 
Um, obviously, there was a beef between DK Metcalf and uh, uh, Shannon Sharp, I believe. Said he was stupid. <laughs> Those type of Twitter beefs and stuff like that are rather amusing. But at the same right, I still think they're a little bit pointless because, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. you have Shannon Sharp who played at a different time in the NFL where there were different rules, and you have DK Metcalf now who's playing in the here and now who, yeah, he's a kid, yeah, he he did make mistakes, yeah, he's still got a lot to learn, and yeah, he's still got a long way to go before he even sniffs Shannon Sharp's career numbers, but... You know, I, I, I kind of like it when the OGs kind of come out of the woodwork and, and they they kind of have their say a little bit. And the reason being is because it, it, it's up to the OGs to kind of keep the, the New Jacks in line so they're not getting, you know, not trying to act a fool, so to speak. You know what I mean? So we watched Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago just completely go rupshod all over Twitter, start bringing up mental illness, go on different podcasts, start talk, start start talking smack, etc., etc. And Joe Douglas was finally at a point where I'm like, you know what? You're out. I'm done. And this is one of the things that I kind of look at where, where when we first started hearing the tweets, started seeing the tweets from the agent that Marcus May wants to be traded, and we hear all of, the, all of these uh, reports and his unnamed sources and so on and so forth. Then all of a sudden, Marcus May himself comes out and speaks and says, I want to be here. I'm 100% all in with the New York Jets. So for me, just to kind of wrap this up full circle, fire your agent. Kick his ass to the curb. Go sign with somebody else. You instruct your agent. You make a deal with the New York Jets, whatever they're offering you. This is what I want. This is probably what they're going to offer. Find me something in the middle. That's absolutely right. That would be the actual proof that I would need to from Marcus May to believe this side of the story. I'm not doubting him, but at the same time, if if that's the case, your agent, then you saying that you want to be a Jet after all this other stuff came out beforehand, that's your agent hindering your ability to make money with the team you want to be with. So in my opinion... That's a fireable offense. So if you want to prove to me, a Jets fan, that you want to be a Jet, kick that guy to the curb. Let's see it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let me get some of these comments on the uh, on the air again. I'd like to thank everybody who's tuning in tonight to watch us out to to Definitely. watch us right now. And I also want to thank the people that are going to watch the replay. And hopefully, you guys will leave us a comment about what what we're talking about this evening. Um, guy Fisher, zero blitz is coming. Have to be ready. Screw that playbook. Just, just got to go instincts. Um, Thomas Gutman, uh, we were talking about the late hit penalties. You know, no, no more dumb penalties for the defense. Uh, he was actually commenting on the little rant that I went on before, um, and that was the beginning of the loss. That lost chat week, false late hit call. Team was going to punt, but that kept him on the field. It's the New York Jets versus the referees. We, there's nothing we could do about the refs. The refs hate the Jets, and that's the way it's going to be until otherwise proven. Especially Tony Carrente. That's why Tony Carrente, if I'm whoever the head of NFL officiating is, I would tell him you are never, you are not allowed to referee a New York Jets game ever again. That is the one team banned. If I'm Joe Douglas, I write that letter to the NFL referees union, and I say every time this cat's on the field, we get screwed. He needs to go. So there's that. Now, 
uh, uh, continuing on with the uh, with the comments here, uh, I will say this: we have to show some loyalty to our veteran players because come free agency, we will have issues getting offensive linemen and receivers plus a pass rusher. I don't think so. I think that people that Joe Douglas is Joe Douglas and company are trying to establish a culture within the New York Jets and within the NFL that the New York Jets are not going to be used as a bargaining chip anymore. Now, let's rewind all the way back to Mike McCagnan before he got fired when he hired Adam Gase, right? Mike McCagnan, when Todd Bolts was head coach, had spent millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. That man had, had spent over $350 million to rebuild and retool this football team. And through good money after bad, brought in players that only came here for the money and didn't really care about playing for the New York Jets or the New York Jets fan base. This is a tough fan base to play in front of. Because as I've said time and time and time again, we have been lied to, we have been screwed, we have been, we have been told we're not seeing what we're actually seeing with our own eyes. And most of all, for those of you that go to the stadium, you're being asked to pay top dollar for parking, top dollar for concessions, top dollar for your seat. Okay, God knows in PSL seat licenses and, see, and, and, and season tickets to see a mediocre product or to see a crappy product. And I'm sorry, you're not getting the ROI that you deserve to get. ROI being return on investment. You're not seeing competitive football. So when you're not seeing competitive football, there's a problem. And you know whose problem that is? That's the general manager's problem. Because the general manager is responsible for getting players to play for this franchise. And when you sign a contract as a professional, it's your responsibility to give 100% or you don't sign the contract. And how many times have the New York Jets been screwed over and used as a bargaining chip for players to go get higher contract, go get bigger contracts with other with, with other football teams. Anthony Barr and Dominican Sue and Dominican Sue was trying to do it. Kirk Cousins was trying to do it. No, Joe Douglas is not about that. Joe Douglas is you're going to sign a contract with this team. You're going to play your ass off, and depending on how good you do here is whether or not you'll make it to your second contract. Plain and simple. And you know what? I'd rather it be that way. Because I, for one, as a fan, am sick and tired of seeing mediocre football. And I'm tired of having a franchise and a franchise front office that does not care if we field a mediocre team or not. And if you, as a Jet fan, do not have a problem with the way that the New York Jets have done business in the past, you seriously need your head examined! Because this team for the past decade plus has been an absolute joke. Point blank, period, the end. I don't care if you were a Bolts guy. I don't care if you were a McCagnan guy. I don't care if you were a Ryan guy. I don't care if you were an Idzik guy. I don't care if you were a Tannenbaum guy. This team has been a joke. And the only way it's going to get better is if guys stop step, start stepping up to the plate and making the decisions that have to be made. And sometimes fans are not going to agree with those decisions because we want this guy or we want that guy. That's the reason why you and I don't run NFL franchises. Because we have too much emotional stake involved. To Joe Douglas, this is a business. This is a passion.
He wants to build a winner. He wants to build the Super Bowl here. Now, moving on to some of the comments. Mim should be allowed on the field, and Crowder and Moore can rotate. Let, let Ty Johnson hurt some of those defensive dudes. Ty Johnson, I'm sorry to say, has underwhelmed, kids. I know y'all like him, but it's LaMichael Pirine time now. It's time to give that kid some burn. It's time to jump off the Ty Johnson bandwagon because you know what? If Ty Johnson was that good, our running game would be that much better. But he's not. Can we talk about the fact that we chose Ty Johnson at like 3.4 yards per carry throughout the preseason and we put Josh Adams on the practice squad who averaged almost seven yards carry? Can we mm. talk about that? Go ahead. Floor's yours. Go for it. Oh no, that's that's all I had to say about it. Just in reflect to, in reference to the to the Ty Johnson comment. Like I get it. I, I'm not a Ty Johnson hater. But right, I'm not a Ty Johnson hater either, Jimmy. Josh but, Adams, but uh, but Piran should should have been cut. Well, Michael Piran, out of all five running backs that we had on this roster, had the best training camp out of all of them, save for Michael Carter. Okay? Yeah. Your three-headed monster going in should have been Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, LaMichael P. Ryan. Point blank, end of story. I agree. But everybody wanted Ty Johnson. Everybody wanted Josh Adams. Do you realize Josh Adams still remains unsigned? If he's that freaking good, he would have been picked up somewhere. There's a reason why the kid ended up on the practice squad. That's all I'm saying. I think that was a bad decision. Because it was under him? Or Ty, or Ty Johnson, Johnson that we're making it. And I agree with you. Coleman, Pirine, and Michael Carter should have been the choices because I think Pirine offers an, an amazing complement to the Michael Carter running style. Those are two peas in a pod because they're so different and so effective in their own way that that could have been a really good one-two punch. And that could have been Kevin the Jets Coleman, Thunder and Lightning, you dude. You know, with some scat back type yards and some catching out of the backfield, that would have been a great... That would have been a great trio. So, and not only that, when Michael P. Ryan doesn't fumble, he's one of the best running backs in pass protection. Go ask Kyle Trask. He'll tell you. How many times did Michael P. Ryan save Kyle Trask's ass from a guy who was running, free running to him at the University of Florida? I could count at least six different times where Trask should have gotten blasted and P. Ryan saved his ass. Okay? And the kid can get the tough yards. That's what Dan Mullen used him for. Dan Mullen used LaMichael Piran as a clock grinder. Why? Because when you needed three yards, he got you five. When you needed five yards, he got you seven. When you needed two yards, he got you five. Why? Because the kid knows how to keep his legs moving. The kid was used as a human battering ram. And it, mind you, it was just him. He had no fullback help. It wasn't like they were putting Kyle Pitts in the backfield and saying, okay, we need you to play fullback. So this is why I'm like, yeah. give this kid some burn. Give him some burn. You got nothing else to lose. And right now the running game is crap, dude. It's crap. Getting back to the, the comments over here. Don't forget, May was uh, May was almost hurt for his entire re uh, for his entire rookie year. There, that's true. Uh, he actually had better stats than Jamal Adams before he got hurt. Um, just for those for 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 those of you that uh, um. don't know about that. Um, he's also been hurt periods throughout his entire career. Can't May have top dollar injury prone, in my opinion. Left a bad taste since year one with me. I understand, Tommy, but you know what? Since the kids come back from injury, he's done nothing but play lights out. May is not injury prone. He he missed uh, 
a couple games in his rookie year, and then he had the really bad injury in year two, but that's it. He's started every other game he's played in for the Jets. Yeah, you're right about that. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. There's always a, a game or two here or there. But that's not injury prone, man. That's that's a very big misconception, and I and I think it's because he missed uh, ten games, or he missed yeah ten or twelve games or something like that in his second year. And I think that's what what people are thinking about. But he came back never injured until this year. Since that injury, I mean, he's been fine. And he and again, he started every game, played in every game. So Thomas Gutman says he missed his entire rookie year, bro. Basically, so I don't know. He don't, he played he played what nine games? So the year like he that? got in, the year he got hurt, I think he played in five or six. Okay, so because I could have swore he played he played like a because that was the year that was the year that he did the hundred and uh, what was it the hundred and nine yard or like the hundred and eight yard when he got tackled the interception and he got tackled at the one yard line on the opposing side. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. But in any event, we've talked about so many different players about getting contracts and so on. And I know that Jet fans, right away, they see that a guy does great in a place and it's like the Jets need to go out and sign X player or the Jets have to go out and sign Y player. We really, as Jet fans, need to stop that. Because not every player that we bring in is going to fit to the system that we run here. And the thing is, is that we need to give this system and Robert Sala a chance to be able to take root and to see exactly what's going to happen. Look, we gave Adam Gase two years. You give an idiot like that two years, you give Rich Kotite two years, I'm sorry, there is no reason why we cannot sit here and be patient with Robert Sala. First time head coach, first time OC, rookie quarterback, you've got to give this thing a chance to evolve. And to grow and to formulate into something. We got to just chill. <laughs> All right. So we talked about the keys of victory. Uh, the victory up in uh, uh, up in Foxborough. We've talked about the game a little bit. Both teams coming off a loss. Um, Jets again coming off the bye week. So they should be re- well rested and have had two weeks to play. To, you know, to prepare against the Patriots. So, Jimmy, what are the... Give me one matchup that you are really looking forward to in this game? I am looking forward to our D-line versus their O-line. I I want a replay of what we did to Tannehill and the Titans. That's what I want to see. I want to see Quentin eating. I want to see J.F. Bryce Huff, the works. I want to see us demolishing that New England front line. That makes me excited. I get excited seeing a Patriot get sacked almost more than a seeing a touchdown for us interesting i've got two matchups that i want to see and shout out to freddie henderson over here uh, he, the the asap network is having a collaboration week trying to get other networks and podcasts to join us to make this work uh we would like for your show to uh, show to join us on a show next week uh freddie we'll definitely reach out to you i will uh i'll i'll try and reach out to you at some point over the weekend and we can we can discuss uh collaboration if, if definitely not next week, we could definitely do something the week after. So we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Two matchups that I'm looking forward to. Zach Wilson versus the New England Patriots defense. I want to see, has Zach Wilson learned from his mistakes that he made in week two? Where he's not going to turn the ball over. I want to see if he can keep the New England defense honest 
when Belichick and company try to throw different looks at him where they look like it's going to be a zero blitz and then all of a sudden they drop into a, a, a cover two or they, dro- they drop into a zone where they look like a zone and where they actually send somebody on a blitz, there are going to be different, different aspects that I want to see how Zach processes. Most of all, what I want to see from Zach is I want to see him play clean football Get the ball out to his receivers. Hopefully he can help kickstart this run game. Where he takes it upon himself. Where if you're in that pocket. And you see green grass in front of you. And your receivers downfield are not open. That you run. One of the things I always say on this show. A five yard gain is better than a seven yard sack. I'm going to continue to beat that drum until we start to see Zach Wilson now take matters into his own hands where he, where he says, if my guys are not open, I'm running. And I got green grass in front of me, I'm running. Because I don't want this to be a negative play. So if he can get, I don't want to make a negative play out of his mind. And he can either hit the layup, hit the dump off, or get the yards himself, then do it. Because... I don't want the kid to, fear, to, to be all inside his own head. Because when it's mental, your mind will slow your body down. Because now you're trying to process yeah. what's going on around you. He's just got to play fluid. He's got to play fluid. He's got to be in sync with his receivers. He's got to be on the same page with the rest of his teammates. And he often got to do a better job protecting them. That's the first matchup that I'm looking forward to. The second matchup that I'm looking forward to is Mac Jones versus the New York Jets defense. Now, although the score really does not dictate 25-6 to in Week 2, where it looks like that we completely got our asses handed to us, we really didn't. Because we spotted the New England Patriots 17 points off of turnovers. If we don't spot the New England Patriots points off of turnovers, that week two that that week two game it has a much different result. I really think that this Jets defense can get to Mac Jones. In the last game, we oh, sacked yeah. him. We sacked him three times for twenty-seven yards. Okay, and although he was twenty-two for thirty, one hundred and eighty-six yards. Okay with an average of 6.2 yards per, per reception. I think that our defense that can, I think that our defense can do better than that. I really do. Because yeah. Zach Wilson uh, I'm not Zach Wilson. Mac Jones is going to look to exploit the linebacking core of the New York Jets. But he will not be able to do it if he is under duress and our defensive linemen can get to him. We've proven we can get to him. We need to live in that Patriots backfield. We need to make Mac Jones so uncomfortable that he starts seeing ghosts. And that's what I think is going to be the challenge for the New York Jets defense. Most of all, it's going to be do not allow the Patriots to have sustained drives. No long drives. I mean, I get it. You're going to have one or two where you're on the field for 10 to 12 plays each one. I get it. But when your first half ratio of your defense to your offense is 34 to 6, yeah, you have a problem. Okay? Your defense should not be on the field 
for almost 50 plays in the first half of a football game. That is completely and right. utterly ridiculous. Your defense needs to get a stop on third and long. And you've got to stop with the stupid penalties. Okay, although I do have to call BS on a couple of the roughing the passer calls that we, we've gotten. But those are in the past and I can't, uh, I, I can't really say much more about that. Because it is what it is. Play clean football. Do your jobs. Go out there. Make Mac Jones' life miserable. And you will have a chance to beat the New England Patriots in this game. Plain and simple. Because this team does not scare me. And it shouldn't scare you. And this is not looking at it through green and white goggles. And Tom Brady's out there. And they're throwing a Randy Moss and whoever. And Corey Dillon. And James White. And blah, blah, blah. No, I'm tired of that. The Patriots have a mandate to win. This is a gravy game for the Jets because we're in a development year. So if you could kick Bill Belichick in the ass just once, this in a gravy year, this is the time you do it. We're not making the playoffs. This is not a playoff team. It's not even close. This is a team that's rebuilding. This is what rebuilding looks like. Sorry to say. But you know what? We can still go out there and be competitive. And if we do end up losing this game, I would rather lose the game on a last-second field goal knowing that my team busted its ass to the final whistle than just rolling over and having Bill Belichick rub rub, uh, Robert Sala's belly. Like what always seems to happen every time the Patriots play the New York Jets, regardless of the venue. Plain and simple. The Patriots have not won a home game all year. Let's keep that trend continuing. Don't let them get their first win against the Jets. Let them get it against somebody else. Not on our watch. That's all I ask. So, Jimmy, it's time for final thoughts, my man, as we're starting to come up against it. Talk to me. What are you feeling? Going into Foxborough, I didn't even know that the Patriots hadn't won a home game yet this year. That's definitely good. We need to we need to keep that trend going. Our defense should absolutely love this game because Mac Jones looks like a pillow. So what better person to sack than a guy who looks like a pillow? You know, that's got to be one of the most comfortable sacks you've ever done in your life, right? So that we should be all over him. Yeah, we're rebuilding. Probably not a playoff team. I stand by what I said preseason. I felt this team was capable. I never said we were going to do it, but it's, I felt this team was capable of winning 11. And I still think we're going to win a few games that we're not supposed to. It's been happening all over the league all year is teams are winning games. I mean, look what's happened to Kansas City. There are a couple teams, a couple of their losses. Why and how, you know? So why not the Jets? Why can't the Jets come up in something like that? You know, that's that's my thoughts on on this whole rebuilding year. Um, I think we're on the right track. I think we have the right staff, general manager, and I think we have the right pieces in place. I'm looking forward to just getting back to football. So Guy Fisher just uh, threw a question in there. Well, actually more more of a concern, so I'm going to turn it into a question. With C.J. Mosley out, I'm worried about stopping the run and getting to the quarterback. Who do you see stepping up in C.J. Mosley's absence? I think Quincy Williams is going to be asked to move around quite a bit. I, I know we were talking about bringing somebody up from the practice squad for linebacker. I don't remember who that was, but well, I believe uh, Blake Cashman is going to be active for this game. As as long as he's Blake Cashman and not Blake Glassman, then I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) 
because uh, we've seen both this year, CJ. We've seen both of both personas from this man this year. Okay, we've seen him just drop the hammer on some people and lay some big hits, and then he got up and was fine. And then we see him like trip over a sideline and and is out for two weeks. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> so he trips over a blade of, uh, as long a blade as blade tears his, tears his ACL. <laughs> He's out for the season. You remember that movie, The Comebacks? Yep. It's like a, it's a little sports spoof movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, they have uh, a Seal Terry as their running back, and they show him get tackled, and everybody's like, oh. And then he gets up, and he's okay. And then, like, a bus drives by and hits him. And then he gets <laughs> yeah. back up, and everybody's like, oh, it's a sunflower seed. And then he, like, steps on the sunflower seed, and his whole knee just falls apart, and he just falls <laughs> over. Like, oh, yeah. that's. <laughs> All I'm saying is if, if Blake Cashman shows up to play, then I'm happy. But that's who we need, not Brake Glassman. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. I love it. I'm not worried about the linebacking crew stopping the run. I uh, Blake Cashman does pretty good in coverage. Um, so does Quincy Williams. Quincy Williams gets a little bit aggressive on, and wants to like make the hit. Quincy Williams against Tennessee probably could have had two interceptions. But he was so intent on making the hit that he didn't look for the ball. Right. But I wouldn't worry about the linebacking crew and, and stopping the run. This defensive line is actually going to do some work um, on Sunday. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about that. Very nice. All right. So for my final thoughts for this evening, basically it's just going to be like this. It's, I'm going to re-echo some stuff that I talked, talked about at length throughout the entire show. The Jets' defense needs to get those critical third down stops so that way they can avoid being on the, on the field for 80% of the game. The offense needs to pull its head out of its ass and needs to produce points. The only way that you're going to beat Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots is by keeping them on the sideline. The longer that you wear out that Patriots' defense, the more you're going to be able to break that levy. Now look, Bill Belichick is a master of halftime adjustments and so on and so forth, and this is where Jeff Ulbrich is going to have to have his best game as a defensive coordinator to readjust to whatever adjustments they're going to make on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. And the same thing with Michael Floor. Michael Floor can't coach scared. He has to be able to open up this playbook and design plays and send plays to Zach Wilson, which is not only going to make his rookie quarterback feel comfortable, but be able for him to be efficient. If Zach Wilson can be efficient in this game and we can establish some sort of a run game, there is no reason why the New York Jets cannot be competitive, stay competitive, and possibly come out on top in this game. I'm not going to give a score a, a score prediction because I just think it's just crazy. Okay, because... There's a lot of different things that have to go right for the New York Jets for them to be competitive within this game. All right, so I'm I'm not gonna give the I'm not gonna give the Jets an L. I'm not giving the Patriots a W. I'm not giving the the Patriots an L, and I'm not giving the Jets a W. I'm gonna call this a wait and see. Okay, and if you want to call it a cop out, then fine, whatever. But this is just the way that I feel, because to me, there's a lot of moving parts that are still not known that are not going to be known until game time. For me to be able to sit here and say, I like this matchup, I feel this is, this is a favorable matchup, I think we could be lacking in this one, I think I could be lacking with that one. I want this team to be competitive. 
Plain and simple. Go out there, play your asses off, and play to win the game. Channel your your inner Herman Edwards and say, You play to win the game. You don't play to just play. That's the great thing about sports. You I'm play to win. Guy. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go out there and you play to win. Because if you're going to sit there and tell me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. Again, in the immortal words of Herman Edwards. Okay? What I want them to do is go out, play the game. For Robert Sala, same thing. Play to win the game. I don't care who's standing on the other end of the sidelines over there. I don't care if it's friggin' Tom Landry, Vince Lombardi, or whoever. Go out, play to win the game. Everybody's so afraid of Bill Belichick. Everybody's so afraid of the Patriots and the Patriot mystique. Go out there and play. They're beatable. They're two and four for a reason. If they were that good mm-hmm. and they thought that they were going to be AFC East AFC East contenders, okay, they'd be four and two and challenging the Buffalo Bills for the division lead. They're not. Okay? They're second place in the division that every team, including the Buffalo Bills, are struggling. Plain and simple. Take advantage of it. That's all I'm saying. Take advantage of it, go out there, play your best football. Because I sincerely believe that we have not seen the best New York Jets football output this season up to this date. I think that this team could be better. I think that this team can play better. And I think that as the year goes on, this team is going to get marginally better in all aspects of the game. The wins may come at the back end of the season. And you know what? I'll take those wins at the back end of the season as long as we correct the mistakes that we're making now and we're not making those mistakes in December. Again, it's a development year. Forget about wins and losses. Watch competitive football and be happy that the Jets are actually competing instead of just rolling over and dying like we saw last year. Because remember something, at this point last year, we were over, okay? And we were all screaming for Adam Gates to be fired. Also, it's fun It's fun to note that uh, Zach Wilson's numbers through his first five games are almost identical to Josh Allen's numbers his first five games. So let's not give up on the kid. <laughs> so my boy Robert Williams in the chat. How about them Steelers, though? Yeah, your Steelers are old and trash, bro. <laughs> Big Ben going to need a walker pretty soon. <laughs> hey, Deont- Deontay Johnson won me a fantasy game last week, so uh, go Steelers. So, <laughs> so anyhow, all right, that's uh, that's pretty much going to do it for the final thoughts segment. Just really quick before we start uh, heading ourselves out of here, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, uh, shout out to a young lady by the name of Miss Alexis Gepner. She is spearheading... The Houston New York Jets tailgate over in Houston. Yes, the New York Jets are taking on the Houston Texans this year. And you, my friends, could actually be a part of it. All you have to do is go to the following website that you see right here on the banner. www.houstonjetfans.com Go ahead, type in that website that you have there. Take a screenshot. You can get all the details of the New York Jets at the Houston Texans tailgate. Tailgate's going to be in the blue lot. There is going to be a bunch of... Of cool stuff. There's going to be food. There's going to be drinks. A special Jets cocktail. 
a cash bar. I'm telling you, it's going to be a blast. Miss Alexis Gepner is going extra to make sure that we could turn that Houston Texans stadium into a sea of green and white. So if you are planning on a road game this year and you want to have a blast and get with other Jet fans, rub some elbows, make some new friends, make some new memories, this is the game that I recommend you go ahead and do it. Again, if there are any questions, go to HoustonJetFans.com, reach out to Miss Alexis Gepner, and I'm sure she will answer whatever questions that you may have. And we'll probably win that game, too. (laughs) We hope. I don't know. I don't want to look too far in. <laughs> I don't want to look too, too far in the uh, in the future. There, Guy Fisher watching the watching the Nick game. Knicks are up by thirty points. So, Jeez. hey, look, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> there we go. So, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partners in crime, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman who is taking care of some personal business this evening, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. So, Weapons Hot, we got a Facebook page, we got a YouTube channel. The Worldwide Sports Radio Network has an app and a Facebook page. Go, like all the pages, subscribe, message us, we'll message you right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how you think we're doing here on Weapons Hot. If you think we're doing a great job, awesome. Leave us a message. Let us know. We love to hear stuff like that. If you think we suck and we know nothing about football, that's cool too. Leave us a message and tell us how much we suck. We love interacting with fans of all walks of life and all thought processes here on Weapons Hot. We also have a YouTube channel, Weapons Hot After Dark. Now, traditionally, tonight, we would actually have a Weapons Hot After Dark show. Unfortunately, tonight, we are not going to do that. Um, as you can see, we're, we're a little bit light. Uh, Jimmy the Reaper is a little bit under the weather. Uh, K-Jack's not here. Um, I've got some personal business that I need to attend to after the show, so unfortunately that's why we are not going to have After Dark this evening. But I promise as soon as everything gets straightened out, we will have another After Dark show, and I promise you it will be something you guys will never forget. If you want to catch our replays of past shows, be sure to go to YouTube.com forward slash weapons hot or just type it in the search box and i forgot the last one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> jimmy was so drunk that he completely forgot that he was even on the show and i forgot it, i was on the show <laughs> he, I, I just went and started hanging out with my friend <laughs> shows computer still going <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, definitely if you guys have not checked out that uh, that uh, episode of uh, uh weapons hot after dark it is definitely must see TV. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, also the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, they have a Facebook page. Be sure to like it. And also, the biggest thing, Worldwide Sports Radio Network also has an app. Download the app if you have an Android. Go to the um, go to the Google Play Store. Uh, type in Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can download it there. If you have an iPhone, go to the iOS store or <clears> Apple <throat> store or whatever it is they're calling it these days. Search up WWSRN. You'll be able to download the app where you'll not only be able to consume our cool show, Weapons Hot, but also other cool shows that are on the network as well. So, for Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, Mr. Kevin Jackson, who is MIA right now, we wish him well and what he's dealing with. My name is CJ, the painkiller D. Simone, and I am signing off. Big heart for you guys. Peace, love, go. 
get that W on Sunday, hopefully. And I am going to leave you guys with the best chant, in my opinion, in the National Football League. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to continue to stay tuned to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network for more exclusive content. We love you guys. Stay safe out there. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.